of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and we're still on Zoom because the Ronies be crazy. <laughs> but, uh, of course, I'm always joined by my co-host, Adam. I don't have anything else to do because the Ronies be going crazy. That's right. So here I am again. I'm Steve. Yes. And if we're on the Zoom, that means we're trying to have guests as best we can. But this week, we actually have a real good surprise for everybody. We yes, have I'm excited for I'm excited for this episode, yeah. I'm perfectly honest. Yeah, we have a brewery this week. Big, big surprise, big change, <laughs> because <laughs> these episodes are hard to do during the corona times, but we are actually able to get in contact with Outer Belt Brewery. They're out of near Columbus, Ohio, but Fairfield County, the largest right. brewery in Fairfield County. But we're joined by Dan and Jason from Outer Belt Brewing. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. So this this week we'll be talking to them, learning about Outer Belt Brewing because obviously they're from Ohio and we're Pittsburgh based. So this is something for our audience, hopefully, to learn about your brewery and you know our our smattering of Ohio listeners to also just feel happy that they actually get some recognition for a change. From us. <laughs> they, they get representation. Yeah. <laughs> With that, I mean, we can just jump right into the first beer that you guys. Uh, graciously sent to us uh, this week we're gonna start with a lager which is also a big change but it also might be you know su- a surprise for other other people we don't do a I lot of lagers it, on this show it is a welcome change yeah it's a welcome change it's been a while since we've had a good lager on this show yeah so the beer we're drinking tonight though is the glass town lager of course again by outer belt brewing and Dan, Jason, I'll let you guys just go ahead and introduce this beer. Sure. So uh, this is our uh, our Hellas Lager. So uh, we call it a pale lager on the can. I think it's a little bit easier to consume as a as a consumer, but um, it is a traditionally brewed Hellas, so it's all grain. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a real lager. It's not a it's not a fake. Uh, we don't use the yeast in it. It, it is uh, you know kind of lagered in a traditional way. Um, yeah, it's just a light, crisp, easy to drink. Um, it's named after uh, kind of the, uh, we are kind of situated in between Columbus and Lancaster. For some other folks, they may say Lancaster, but Ohioans say Lancaster. Um, <laughs> I've been but, called that as a former yeah, Pennsylvania. It's, it's very true. <laughs> uh, uh, so anyways, um, yeah, so, so Lancaster is actually, um, it's one of the major glass hubs. of uh, Ohio is actually kind of riddled with a bunch of cities that like to take uh, different um, uh, titles of being, you know, Glass Town or Glass City or whatever, but Lancaster is Glass Town. Um, it's actually where the old Anchor Hawking plant was and mm. was our world headquarters for a while. So, um, for those of you not not privy to Anchor Hawking, if you have any shaker pint glasses, just the normal pint glasses, if there's an anchor on the bottom, it's Anchor Hawking. It probably came out of Lancaster, Ohio. So, um, so they're kind of a big deal. They're the biggest employer for quite a while in the area. So. Mm. Um, kind of our local nod to them um, and just kind of a, uh, 
you know, a, a craft take on a easy to drink classic. And I must say, I'll, I'll admit, I started drinking this before the show even started. Cause yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's been a while since we've had a good lager on the show. Sure. And, and yeah, this is added to that good lager list. I'm Great. a fan I'm of this. Yeah. Sure. Cheers. Yeah, so cheers guys. Thanks for having us on. Cheers. Cheers. Before, uh, before you guys hopped on and Adam and I were talking about the beer and cause you know, we haven't had lagers a lot. Sure. Uh, and that's partially because I don't generally love them. So it's. <laughs> I knew there was one of you. I didn't like it. I listened to that one podcast you sent, and I was like, oh, we'll see what they do at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're always, I, I'm always willing to give things a fair shake. And like, I can, I'll say, you know, straight up front, like, this is a really well balanced beer. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though it's not at the top of my list of things that I would pick up, it's a well balanced beer. And, every brewery that produces something like this is, you know, uh, usually an answer to the macro. And I always, it doesn't matter if I like it or not. I always push people to try to find that macro replacement at their local brewery rather than continue to put money into those big company pockets. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I I appreciate that. Cause, cause these beers are definitely, if, somebody hasn't gotten into the craft beer scene yet, which at this point I'd be more surprised if you hadn't and you're still a beer drinker, but this is a fantastic beer as a, as a gateway to kind of, you know, welcome somebody in, you kind of dip their toe and then they can expand out. And before they know it, they'll be drinking, you know, 13% barrel aged IPAs with, (laughs) you know, strawberry extract and everything else. And they've got three fridges in the basement. So, (laughs) You mean I you mean a, a Neapolitan <laughs> Doppelbach? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. It just came out. Uh, just said one of those. No, no, I, no, I, wasn't, I, no, I just that. I just saw it on your uh, your uh, website, and I was like, huh. yeah. Well, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a fun clap. Um, yeah, I mean, we like to. Um, uh, w- one of the difficulties with with making loggers is um, the they use quite a lot of yeast, um, just a lot of yeast mass. So keeping it uh, affordable is kind of tricky because you need to keep reusing it. Um, and, and ales is quite a bit easier because the, the ferment time is so much quicker and, and you can kind of chug through uh, batches a little bit more uh, easily. So when we bring a, you know, a pitch of lager yeast through to make glass town, we like to do other stuff with it too. We have a Pilsner uh, that we kind of make occasionally. Yeah. And, and then, so we had, we had some, uh, so he's kicking around an open tank. So we called up our friends and uh, made a made a doppelbach and threw a bunch of chocolate and uh, strawberries and vanilla on it. So that, that turned out pretty well. I, I was pretty happy with it. So uh, the base doppelbach, I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got to try some of that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we might we might pull that one out of the bag without uh, all the stuff in it. But um, yeah, right on. So uh, let's just move right along into it and. Uh, Dan and Jason, why don't you guys take a little bit more time to like more formally introduce yourselves and your roles at Outer Belt? Sure. Um, I guess I'll go first. My name is Dan Griffin. I'm the head brewer and director of operations, uh, one of the founding members of Outer Belt. Uh, my name is Jason Butts, and I'm one of the market reps. And hopefully this year we can start getting back into more events and help with that and just uh, get more involved with the community and see what we can do to continue to grow. Nice. So how long have you guys been, been open and in, in operation? Yeah. So, uh, we officially opened in, uh, June of 2019. So we, we brewed a little bit of beer before, our, uh, before our 
tap room and, and the whole building were, were finished. We did get a little bit of beer trickling out, but uh, it was pretty small operation at that point. So um, really June is, is when we, uh, when we open to the public uh, with a tap room in, in our production facility. So you had a solid six to nine months. Of- yeah. Yeah. We were, <laughs> we were actually just talking about that. Uh, and, and Jason's a, a, a new arrival to the team. So he was uh, kind of post COVID starting. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been weird. Uh, I, I was just talking to someone about it today and uh, another, another brewery manager came in today to chat about some stuff and, it's like, man, it's been so long. Like, I don't even like we don't even have a whole year of real data. Right. Uh, we're gonna be open for almost two years. We don't we don't even have like real twelve months of like what's normal. And and it's weird because we were just talking. I, I don't. It's gonna take a whole another year, I think, to go back to that. So I think we're gonna be three years old before we even know what normal looks like. That's <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, we're, we're here. So I say, if you guys have been able to survive this long, and then obviously, you know, you guys make good beers you'll be able to stick around to see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's, that's the goal is to be, you know, uh, to figure out how to grow through all this and uh, try to get our beer into more places pretty soon. So. Nice. So one of the, one of the interesting features I found about your brewery is, you know, we already mentioned you're the biggest brewery in Fairfield County, but you guys are actually occupying a former Lowe's. Hardware, yeah. like like giant hardware space. Yeah. Um, so it's not. Uh, we use it as kind of part of our story, but it's not. I don't think what uh, like a current Lowe's would be. So um, Lowe's actually changed their business model at one point uh, in the '80s. So this building is predates that. They were way more of like a '84 lumber or is lumber '84 or whatever, uh, but more of a yeah, thanks. Uh, more of like a. Um, construction store more than a home improvement store that was uh they actually had to catch up to home depot in that market it wasn't quite what you think of today it wasn't one of those like huge walmart looking uh super center of uh home improvement but it's it is a large building it's um we have plenty of room to grow um and uh yeah so we're only occupying about half of our building right now um and don't really have any immediate plans for the other half. So um, we have plenty of room, but uh, a, a lot of our location and that building and uh, and kind of where we're situated between Columbus and Lancaster, because it's not Lancaster, um, is very much just, uh, you know, we want to be we want to be around for a long time and uh, we want to position ourselves to grow. And, and a lot of breweries, you know, find a really cool location and a really cool spot, but rent is really high. Um, and they run out of room quickly if they grow at all. And then it, that becomes a whole problem for them later on. So we kind of went backwards and, and kind of realized the first part is going to be kind of painful until we can get to the second part, but that's kind of our goal. So, um, that's where we ended up. Right on. Even still though, you guys are, you're a 30 barrel system, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. that was an almost accidental purchase. Um, we, we found a, a good deal. we were going to get a 15 barrel. Um, and so we were shopping for a 15 barrel and then, um, uh, a, a brewery that was in planning in Ohio that never came to fruition, put money down on this 30 barrel system, never went back to bought it. We met someone they're like, Hey, this is going to be cheaper than any 15 you're looking at because someone already put money down on it. So uh, oh, man. we were looking at those fermenter sizes, but the plan was to do two batches of them, but 
um, we kind of walked into that one and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of one of those, uh, when you're building a brewery, you make a lot of decisions that, uh, was one of the ones we made. So <laughs> that's a lot better than what I had in my mind where you guys just got into a lot of barrel aid stouts and accidentally hit the buy it now button. Fortunately, those really expensive purchases don't work like that. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, fuzzy nights, we'll say. <laughs> together comes with the territory i suppose so on that note uh, do any of you have professional experience before uh out about uh, if you guys come from another brewery do you have home brewing experience or what was the the ramp up to get to where you guys are now from the the brewing side of things yeah so my entrance into the the craft beer world actually i went to um uh, I have an engineering degree or engineering tech degree for uh, undergrad, and it, that didn't really work out for me. Um, to be fair, I didn't give it maybe the best try ever, but whatever. Um, kind of decided it wasn't for me pretty early on. Um, and uh, after a few beers, actually, one night, I applied for a master's of science program in brewing and distilling sciences at uh, Harry Watt University in Edinburgh, Scotland. So, uh, I did that. Um, it was kind of one of those, like, if I got it, I'm going sort of situations. Like I just didn't give myself an out and, um, I got in, so I went. Um, and so, uh, so I kind of went and got education first. I was involved with, um, another small brewery locally. Some friends started a, a, a different brewery in the area. Um, before that I was a home brewer. And so the, you know, that group of home brewers started this other brewery, but, uh, I wanted to go get kind of more permanent education. Um, so that's what I did. And then after that, I worked, uh, in Vermont uh, for a while at a, a big production brewery. And then more recently I worked at, uh, there's a, what used to be a Gordon Beers, um, mm -hmm. Columbus. Um, that's kind of where I fell in love with lagers. And that's kind of part of where this first beer came from too, is, um, you know, kind of, a, a, a desire to have a lager in our portfolio a lot of that passion came from, from working at Gordon Beersh, but met the uh, investors while working at Gordon Beersh and left to, to start out about. Awesome. Uh, most of my career, I was in the event industry. So I traveled all over the country, setting up events and managing uh, in-market staff for anything for rock and roll marathons and health expos to some Super Bowls and uh, things of that nature. And I've always been in, uh, loved the craft beer industry and was trying to pivot into that. And COVID kind of allowed that to happen with no <laughs> events going on. And, uh, Dan gave me the opportunity and I started out helping out with deliveries and doing some canning and it's just uh, built, gone on from there. So hopefully awesome. I'll be in it for a while. Now, I, I must say, I, I am glad that you guys, have officially been added to the list of breweries that we've talked to that have a disgruntled engineer on staff. <laughs> uh, which one of you is that? Or is it both of you? That's me. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's more surprising when there isn't a disgruntled engineer on staff somewhere. Yeah. I, um, um, and my cat might bombard us by the way. He's really personable. So he's, he doesn't like that. We're not talking to him right now, but, um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, yeah, it was it, it kind of unfortunate. The one and only engineering job I took um, kind of had a, a little bit of a bait and switch from the um, the interview to the actual work, um, and they it was two different offices, and so it was like, oh, that's where you take 
the people to get interviewed and this is where we actually work. And mm-hmm. it was one of those firms that was kind of, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, used to take the right color pill to deal with it sort of thing. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I, that wasn't me. So, uh, yeah. So I think, I think long-term that was good that I ended up taking that job. Cause I think if I would have done somewhere that even if it was mediocre, I don't know if I would have done everything I did. So mm. that was the, the, the right kick in the ass at the yeah, right time yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we often find that there's usually a disgruntled engineer and then if there's somebody else on the brewing staff, then there's like, they're like from a creative field, yes. but also had of a home brewing experience. So and they just wind up coming together and playing off of each other. One's the science, one's the science and the numbers. The other is just like, Hey, let's throw some shit in there. See what goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which and Steve, to be honest, we can't really throw stones at that situation. No. No, that's how we that's how we homebrew. Right. <laughs> you try you try to keep us on the straight and narrow doing cream ales and I wanna fucking throw, you know, those midnight pea uh butterfly tea leaves and make blue beer. So <laughs> but uh And half the time it works. Yeah, half the time it works, you know. Anyway. <laughs> um but uh so just we're talking a little bit about events but kind of how this episode came about was actually through an event uh we met at the cheers yins fest online event fueled by hops put on as a way to benefit breweries and just one of the things that was available was going into private rooms and just meeting breweries and i actually met these guys in the hitchhiker room Because I, I wanted to, you know, maybe talk to Andy, but uh, he he was having computer trouble, so he left his own room, and it was just me and <laughs> me and outer belt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, with that event, have you guys seen anything in Ohio that's kind of cropping up in the same form, or have you participated in any other virtual beer fest since? I haven't personally. I haven't really seen like a whole beer festival that's virtual, but maybe some of the like VIP experiences or releases yeah. where you buy like a full bundle, you can uh, join the brewer and somebody and talk to them and play some games, but I haven't personally participated in any of that. So yeah, I like a few of the normal beer facts <laughs> that we're involved with or try to be involved with have mentioned doing it like in passing like in an email or definitely seemed like kind of a feeler thing but no one's really picked up on it so um i think everyone's like like man through all of this like timing has been everything and mm-hmm. the places that have just done it like there are some places that have just been handling this really well um and there's been some places that have just done it lucky timing and there's i think a lot of places that are afraid to be unlucky timing you know so it's mm-hmm. like um you know, we're already in January or late January, almost February now. And it's like, well, when are we going to be able to, to have a real beer fest? It's like, well, it could be not that far away. Right. So, um, (laughs) have you had any conversations? Have there been any organizers coming to you for something happening in 2021 kind of planting seeds of maybe late summer or something like that? Well, I haven't talked with Ryan from with field by hops, but I know he's trying to plan a socially distant, spread out one in Pittsburgh and uh, we're hoping to participate in that. If it happens then we can safely do it and socially distance and everything's 
getting a little more normal and maybe more vaccines or whatever the case may be. But uh, I, I should probably reach out to him soon or hopefully he reaches out to us when that gets further in the planning process. Yeah, so one of our local uh, festivals is planning on, and uh, they normally do an annual one in August and they're planning on doing it this year, but just kind of probably rent more area and, and, you know, more tents and that sort of thing. It sounds like is is his plan, but um, he's got a little bit of time to get there. So, right. So what I'm hearing from a socially distant beer fest, I think instead of glasses, everybody needs to get funnels and (laughs) all the brewers get super soakers. (laughs) So you can just shoot the beer into the funnel. Everybody oh, gets so to taste things that way. It's one giant carnival game. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's <laughs> what I'll do this thing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> don't hey, don't give out these fr- free ideas to Ohio. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, Patent pending. Because <laughs> now they're going to take all the credit. They're going to have this <laughs> awesome carnival game beer fest. <laughs> We're left out in the cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we've got this recorded, so we can go back. And say, hey, this was our idea first. <laughs> and we can go claim our 20%. Fair enough. <laughs> See what we can do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so on, on a more community-based level, you guys also participate in a lot of the same uh, community programs we see in Pittsburgh that are rather popular, like Pink Boot Society. And uh, there were a lot of breweries in our area that uh, brewed the Black is Beautiful beer and i noticed that you guys did as well um do you guys have any plans for continuing like pink boot society this year i I know it's like it's coming up in march so that's it could be a little hinky to get everybody into the brew house yeah um unfortunately and i don't know all the the details i'm not uh myself in the pink boots but we we do support that group and um yeah we, we actually did brew a whole batch last year of it and the ladies decided to do a hazy IPA. Uh, we brewed it a week before uh, a governor wine of Ohio shut bars and restaurants and everything down. Um, and our plan for that beer was to be very draft heavy. So I think over two thirds of it was going to go into a keg. Um, so we kind of held back because we didn't really know what to do. And it unfortunately ended up all of it got dumped. Um, it was, it was a hazy IPA. It signed a tank for like 10 weeks. Um, it wasn't all that hazy. Um, so it was just kind of like, a not, not the best situation, but it was also probably the right move. We don't want to put out a beer that all of us wouldn't collaboratively be proud of. So, um, so yeah, we, we, we have intention to brew one again this year, um, you know, to, to kind of get money into the right sources for, for that, that charity beer. Um, we're probably going to do some sort of live stream, uh, brewing operation, um, you know, just kind of, uh, we do have a big building of course, but we getting, I think we had, I think we had like 60 ladies come in last year. Um, and I would love to do that, but that's not really responsible right now. So, um, yeah, so we will stay part of that group, um, and continue to help out when we can. Right on. Awesome. Right on. Yeah. I just know like, you know, we're still on the cusp of like, not everybody can be vaccinated at the moment, but you still obviously want to support those community programs. Sure. Yeah. Where you can. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's good to hear that you have, you know, something, something in the works. And I think, you know, a live stream of just some uh, people being able to check in, you know, even, you know, just watch it happen. would be cool. Right. right. 
did you guys have any twist on your black is beautiful? I know that was kind of the big thing with that beer is a lot of people just put their own twist oh, on that recipe. Um, you know, we brewed the, uh, the, the recipe we got from, um, uh, weathered souls, weathered souls. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. From weathered yeah. souls. Uh, um, we didn't really do anything with it. We just kind of, um, we, we did barrel aged. I guess I should say that. So we haven't, we don't have any of those ready yet. Um, so we're actually planning on kind of doing, uh, two donations to the, the group that, um, you know, we picked out locally, um, kind of a, a two part beer release. So, um, we're hoping to do something for, for, uh, black history month if, if those barrels are ready, but, uh, but if not, we'll find another good time for it. But the, the beer we packaged already was just the, the weathered souls recipe, um, just, you know, with our yeast, our water, our facility sort of thing. Right on. I was wondering if, if those beers are, are able to be, you know, is that going to be in-house only? Are they going to be distributed as well or pick up only or depends on volume. So, uh, we're still, I mean, we're only, you know, two years old. We're still kind of figuring out our path with barrel age stuff. Um, and it's, it's very volume dependent, right? So it, typically if it's something that's, you know, a dozen cases or something, it, it will keep it in the tap room and, and make a big stink about it on, on social media. You know, that FOMO rolling. Crap, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, if it's, you know, something more into the the fifties or, or higher cases of, you know, four packs of 16 ounce cans, it, it'll get distributed in a much wider network. Very nice. Very nice. As far as your distribution goes, I mean, because it's kind of surprising and this seems to have happened to a lot of breweries, you know, because of COVID, but a lot of breweries went to canning faster than they would have. And obviously you guys are canning. Uh, What is your distribution network, though, at at this moment? Like, are you shipping within Ohio? Are you shipping outside of Ohio as well? Um, right now we're, we're just in Ohio and we're really only in the the central Ohio footprint. Um, we're, uh, pretty soon going to be in, uh, in Dayton in some capacity. We're kind of looking at that. We'll be just to kind of trickle over there and, and, uh, you know, kind of build up some hype in, in Dayton. You know, we have intention of being statewide fairly soon. I don't know what that means. Uh, so soon with a, with a TM trademark on there, right. Um, I don't know, uh, you know. I would love for it to be sooner than later, but um, it's uh, kind of a, a, a timing thing, of course, right? Timing is everything. So um, just trying to make sure we do it as, as well as we possibly can. And if we don't feel like we can, then, then we'll hold back. In the state of Ohio, are you guys able to do direct shipping? So we can, and we explored ways to do that uh, kind of when, uh, you know, when COVID was more of a concern or it, and when, you know, we didn't feel like we could operate the tap room as safely as we do now. Unfortunately, so the state legislature was great and they opened up direct to consumer shipping, which wasn't a thing before 2020 uh, for, for breweries. Um, so that was great. But the problem was there's no real affordable way to do that. So like we looked at it and it was like, okay, what happens if someone orders from Toledo? And it's like for someone to get a four pack, it's like $30 for us to get there. And it was just like, well, this, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So uh, we, we are doing kind of a... a kind of direct to, to porch, I guess, delivery, like in our network, in our little area. So, um, and it's sort of just whoever, mostly Jason, honestly, um, you, you know, taking, taking beer, uh, to people's doorsteps, um, as a home delivery option. But, um, so that is an option. Um, we will run that until it doesn't make any sense. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we looked at shipping and a few other breweries in Ohio did, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if they really hung on to do it too long or if they figured out something we didn't, I'm not really sure, but, um, yeah, it, it didn't, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to us. I, didn't, I don't think people would have bought a case of beer and then spend a hundred dollars to ship it, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, hundred miles or whatever it is. Yeah, because I know in Pennsylvania, we went through something very similar where in the before times, it was pretty much null and void to be able to ship stuff yeah. throughout the state. And then our legislature kind of loosened the reins to kind of help breweries out to stay afloat. Right. I've seen a lot of out-of-state breweries shipping to Pennsylvania now as well, like out of Vermont and mm-hmm. yeah. Virginia. And yeah, we're getting a lot of that. Everybody wants a piece of that pie now. Yeah, <laughs> they, they opened the floodgates and people want it. <laughs> There's no going back. Uh, but what we can go back to is this Glass Town Lager by Outer Belt Brewing. Aha, uh-huh. segue. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just kind of final thoughts on this beer for me. Uh, it still remained like very bright, very drinkable. You know, I know I said I'm not a big fan of this style and, you know, it hasn't really changed, but still this beer itself is a really easy drinking beer. And it's definitely something you could kind of start the night off with. And I assume like it's only like 4.8% on the ABV, right? So. Uh, five, two, but yeah, five two. not too far off. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, easy, nice, easy drinker. It's not going to, you know, ruin your night or anything. And you can start off with it like we are tonight. So I would disagree with you a little bit on that, Steve. Okay. To, to say that just starting off with this is the way to go, I'm pretty sure you can just go all night with it. That's also this, a good plan. This, this, is, <laughs> this is a beer. This is a great tailgating beer. You know, you throw a couple of four packs into an igloo, and whenever you are able to tailgate again, just grab a couple of four packs for that, and you're good for the day. You can, you can play cornhole. Till the cows come home with this beer. Now that's your choice. I need to move on to something thicker and darker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand that you need to yell at umpires and referees, Steve. That's get right. That. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be asked to leave the Wildcats game. <laughs> but for me, no, this is a beer that you could just drink all day and be happy as a clam. Yeah, fair enough. Enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to take a little break. We're going to move on to segment two. We're going to come back with another beer from Outer Belt Brewing. And we're also going to be talking a little bit more in depth about, you know, histories and beers with Dan and Jason. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. First Sip Brew Box is a -a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. Dot com. Welcome back to episode 186 of the Hob Nation USA podcast. It's segment two. I'm still here with my co-host, Adam. Yeah, that's true. I'm still yeah. here. Yeah. And we're also still joined by Jason and Dan from Outer Belt Brewing. And there's also a cat in the background there's if you're cat. watching the video. <laughs> His name's Chinook. He's named after Hops. What I didn't know when we got him 
Chinook is like the most pain in the butt hop to work with for, I think a lot of brewers. And, uh, I don't know if I, he's a cat, right? So I mean, it's <laughs> all the time. But. Well, we, we can, we can add him to the list of cats yeah. and dogs and babies and children's and everything else yeah. that we've had on the show. So yeah, cool. good company. I'm just trying to boost those YouTube numbers. You know, you tell the audio listeners, Hey, there's a cat and then they'll go, Oh, I want to see the cat. And then, you yeah, know, they right. tune in to YouTube. So <laughs> get that double dip. That's what we could lie to him a little bit. Say the cat's wearing a hat or something like that. Right. Yeah. Be like, Oh, wow. Look what he's doing now. <laughs> you won't believe what happened. <laughs> But yes, we're still talking to Outer Belt Brewing. And if we're talking to Outer Belt Brewing, that means we're also drinking Outer Belt beer. And we have the second beer of the evening, which I'll let Jason and Dan introduce. Sure. Um, this is our uh, this is our bestseller. Um, it's Gravel Donuts, our hazy IPA or New England IPA. Um, so uh, something that was kind of part of our portfolio from the very beginning. Um, and it's kind of been a, a beer we, we constantly kind of we play with and um, you know, trying to make better all the time, but uh, we're pretty happy with its current state. So, um, yeah, this is it. Uh, it's not, it's not a donut beer. Um, it's a, <laughs> no donuts in this. It's, uh, the name, a, a lot of our names are, uh, kind of, uh, um, kind of show motion or, you know, outer belt is, is actually, um, in Ohio is kind of a, a regional term for, uh, beltways. All three of our, our, uh, big sea cities, Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati all have, um, a, a, like an outer loop. Um, in the Columbus area, we call ours the outer belt kind of affectionately. So, um, so that's where our name comes from. So a lot of our, our beer names are kind of road themes. So this is more of a, uh, uh, every, every kid that grew up in, in kind of on the outskirts of Columbus got their first car. What they do, they went to a gravel parking lot. <laughs> right. So, um, so that's what this beer is, uh, named after. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is the beer. I think a lot of us are most affectionate for Nice. So I, you said that it does not have donuts, but it does have some, I'll say, donut-esque tendencies to it in terms of the juicy flavors that are in it. You know, some some pineapple, some blueberry, a little bit of citrus in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's we haven't changed the hops in it for quite a while, but um, so it's it's citrus mosaic are the, are the big two, um, and then there's quite a bit of Eldorado, and there's a little bit of Idaho Seven kind of in the background. So any of that pininess, I think is the Idaho seven that might come through, but, um, definitely that citrus mosaic Eldorado combination. Um, it's really interesting. If you change the, the ratios of it, you can kind of get different flavors out of it, but, um, definitely the, the citrus is, is there from the, the citrus for sure. Um, and then any of that dankness, I think comes from the mosaic and then, uh, Eldorado is just like straight pineapple juice. I think mm-hmm. that's where a lot of that, um, kind of that tropical flavor, I think in this beer comes from the, the Eldorado. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I, I, I'll admit, when it comes to straight-up IPAs, I'm not a fan. I, I will put that out there. If you've listened to the show more than five minutes, you, you'll hear that from me as well. But uh, I'll admit these hazies are starting to come around on me a little bit. Yeah. And, and I think this is, uh, this is helping the pull. Great. I'm glad to hear it. So, yeah, we kind of do, – we're doing a flip-flop. You know, first segment, I don't love lagers, but, you know, Adam loves them. Second segment – Adam doesn't love IPAs, but I'm more of a fan of IPAs. And I'll tell you what, this one is one. It's again, really well balanced like the first beer, but this one's really, really, really bright and flavorful. Like I'm, I don't know. I'm sort of burned out on hazies a little bit 
just because so many of them are just kind of that flat, soft citra. But you guys have put in such a nice blend of hops because I'm getting that piney back end mm-hmm. from poss- from probably the Idaho 7. But, you know, there's that bright pineapple flavor that's right up front that, like, it, this one actually sticks out and has a lot of flavor to it. So, yeah, I can I, I can understand why this is a top seller. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I appreciate the compliments, guys, for sure. Um, uh, something we really concentrate on is, is just beer we like to consume uh too and it's it's like we don't um historically we haven't really chased those like crazy like how sweet can you make this beer trend or or you know whatever like we have fun and and do stuff and add fruits and things or whatever but um you know for our normal beers like this in in glasstown the first beer um is really like we really concentrate on on drinkability you know like what um, can you drink more than one pint of this? And if the answer is no, then it probably doesn't fit our portfolio very well. Um, so that's kind of, uh, kind of where we took this beer when we first started, um, you know, trialing hazy IPAs and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been a, a labor of love. We definitely, um, this is probably the, uh, the beer we love to make the most, but it's also, um, the beer that's given us the most heartache, uh, over the last <laughs> whatever. So, um, yeah, I appreciate the compliments. So you, you said that this was one of the, the earlier beers that you guys had in your portfolio. Did this get pulled over from your home brewing experience? No. Um, so um, quietly, uh, and actually even at Gordon Beer, so um, when I was at Gordon Beer, they kind of got a bad rap of, you know, all they make is, you know, dull lagers or whatever. But when I was there, they, they actually let the brewers kind of make whatever they want you just had to make these extra couple of beers that were the Gordon Beers brand. So um, I actually made quite a few hazy IPAs there, which was, um, uh, I think, counterintuitive for a lot of people to, to you know, conceptualize, um, you know, kind of this old, old lager house sort of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we made them there. And then uh, uh, I, did, I did, a you know, uh, plenty of kind of that, that wind up I was talking about at, at Outer Belt of, you know, we were able to, to trial a bunch of stuff before our grand opening. So um, it wasn't, when we went to make those beers, it wasn't the first crack at it, um, which, which was great. You know, uh, something I'm very thankful of the timing worked out on. So um, yeah, I mean, we were, we probably, we probably made it about 10 times before we actually even opened the doors. Um, and yeah, the early recipes did not look like what it is. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it kind of has to be expected, right? These are, these are kind of finicky beers and, it's, it's taken a while to understand what we do now about it. I say when, when you, you went through those 10 batches, was it tweaks or was it big swings or a combination of the two? Um, a, a bit of a combination. Yeah. So, um, uh, homebrewers talk about a lot. Professional brewers talk about a lot. The yeast in these beers is very important, you know, like what yeast to use and, um, some kind of are appropriate and, and work and, um, a lot aren't. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot kind of in that gray area of like, Oh, you know, some breweries use this and it works. And, um, we tried some of those yeasts, especially, and, um, most of them didn't work for us. And then, um, uh, unfortunately we kind of ended up in this weird state where we had like three directions and we liked all of them. <laughs> it was like, well, this wasn't really what I was hoping for. I, you know, it was, it, a lot of the beers as we've developed them, it was very obvious decisions like, Oh, it got better or worse. So we're doing the opposite or the same. Right. Um, and this beer has been kind of a pain because it, 
um, every time we make it better, there's always a problem on the back end, right? It's like, oh, the flavor's better, the hasty blade dropped out. Or, oh, the haze is great, but the beer dried out like crazy. It's not very good anymore or whatever. One of the big problems we had pre-COVID was, was Citra was really hard to come by. And this is a lot of Citra in the, in the dry hop mode. So um, one of the nice things about COVID, I guess, is that hops are pretty easy to get right now. That's like one of the three things on the nice about uh, COVID. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's just, it's just been like a constant, uh, I don't say uphill, but it's just been a, um, for everything we learned, it was kind of a, a really like, what do we do with this now, you know, and, and other beers that we work on a lot, uh, are much more obvious decisions, you know, hmm. uh, in terms of processing or brewery. Or whatever. So is, is this a, a beer that you guys are going to kind of use as an expansion point to kind of play with, with the different hops and different adjuncts as well? Or is this going to kind of stand on its own as I, I hate to use the term flagship, but I'll say stalwart beer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we actually in the past, um, have actually done, uh, we did one of these that was fermented with raspberry. Um, so it was like a raspberry gravel donuts. Um, that was pretty good. Uh, we, we also did a, uh, a double, so it, it has a four hops in it. And, um, we started this kind of, I don't want to say series, but we started, uh, doing like a double dry hop version, but it wasn't, um, we kind of picked one of the hops to do the double dry hopping with, if that makes sense. So it's not like a traditional, just double all the hops. It was more of a, um, double the hops, but way concentrate on this one. Right. So we did a, a double. Mm. Mosaic. So, um, it was just a, a way higher amount of mosaic. So it was like kind of out of balance in that way. Cause it was really dank and like kind of sticky because of that mosaic, but that was really fun to see it side by side with this. So, um, we are going to do a double citron and double Eldorado this year. Um, so I guess look out for those. Um, and then, yeah, we'll do, um, I, uh, uh, another fruited version yet. I don't know what fruit yet, but, um, it might be raspberry again. That was pretty good. So maybe um, some actual donuts. Yeah. We, we, there you go. <laughs> there is, there is a pretty, uh, uh, famous local donut shop in our area and we've talked to them about doing something. Um, so yeah, maybe we can make an actual donut version of this, but, <laughs> or back to vanilla version or something like that. So. That'd be fantastic. Let's jump a little bit back to your homebrewing history. What was your homebrewing history like? Like, when did you start? And what is something something crazy in that history? And is something that also has made its way into Outer Belt? Oh, man. Yeah, so probably no surprise at this point. Like, I'm an ultra nerd. So in college, <laughs> um, I realized I could buy homebrewing ingredients, but I couldn't buy beer legally. So... Um, put two and two together. Guess what I did? Um, <laughs> so that's kind of how it got started. I don't really remember. That wasn't really like, uh, it, it was strange because I was doing that, but it wasn't really that, that. I don't think of that as my way into craft beer, I guess. Like um, that came actually after I could buy alcohol legally. So, and uh, I made a lot of really bad beer. Um, uh, a lot. Uh, I kind of became obsessed with like trying to make, temperature control devices that were more affordable than what like a lot of the big stainless units are and that sort of thing. So I kept trying to make like kind of um, almost like heat, like active heat exchanges that would sit in a fermenter sort of thing. And like um, a couple of them actually kind of worked, um, but I was kind of always on a budget. So I never really like followed through to being like a, a you know, a product to sell or something like that. But 
in terms of what survived, um, not very much. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, yeah, probably nothing actually. <laughs> like recipe and stuff. But I will say, like, just the passion. Yeah, maybe the passion. Uh, but I don't know. Some 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 of those ingredients that I thought were really cool um, and homebrewing, we still use occasionally. There's there's a few malts and hops that like I don't know that I would have found if I wasn't a homebrewer. I guess. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of cool. Um, Victory Malt from Brees is, is one. Um, it's a pretty cool, it's like a crystal uh, Munich almost. Um, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, no recipes, though. They're all pretty bad. <laughs> homebrew. I wasn't a good homebrewer. Hey, Jason, did you have any history with homebrewing? I actually haven't. I've always uh, been wanting to try to start doing it uh, part space these days and mostly maybe girlfriend not wanting like all that beer <laughs> brewing down there or the smell or anything uh but yeah maybe one of these days you have a recipe in mind if and when you get in there of, of what kind of beer you want to you want to start brewing on maybe on the pilot uh, system actually one i've been trying to get dan to do on our pilot system is uh the swish copycat beer swish from bissell brothers it's always one of my favorite IPAs. So, oh, okay. <laughs> just that, that just sounds like you're trying to get something to take home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, great. It'll, it'll go on the pilot system. We'll see if we can replicate it and I'll take <laughs> all this home for quality control. <laughs> I mean, I can't blame a guy for trying. No. Right? Yeah. <laughs> all these days. So, it, uh, on the home brewing front, there is always that one horror story. What what is your one horror story that will stay with you? That one lesson that you will never forget. Oh jeez. Um, oh, I have a good one. So uh, so in that effort of um, you know trying to not do some of that 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 cooling process that always seems to suck. Um, for you know chilling water is terrible for for most homebrewers right it's kind of like mm. this awkward like you know it's hot you have to carry it or do something weird and try to keep it sanitary and it's just like not good right so um i was like oh i'll build a i'll build a, a cat i'll build a cat um, <laughs> uh, uh build a build a heat exchange to go get a pump and blah blah, blah whatever so i did that and I don't think the heat exchange was a problem, but I got a pump that wasn't food rated and uh, uh, it must have had some grease in it. Oh, and um, there was definitely a, a pediococcus infection because uh, the beer went ropey. And like, um, that was like, like I've, I've seen ropey beer and like sour breweries before, or like sick beer is what the Dolphins call it. Um, this was way worse. I mean, it turned out, <laughs> it was like, you know, well, I, I mean, it was, but it was like fermenting, you know? So it was, it was um, the best way I can describe it is I think you could probably eat that beer with a spoon. So that whole like hard boy got thrown away. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm pretty sure Texas is putting some things out like that right now. <laughs> so what about on, on the, on the commercial side, it, what sort of, stories or growing pains have you had on on that side um of a of a never forget story oh man um 
I, I mean, I worked in a production brewery for a while. That was, um, I don't, I don't say poorly run, but it was just chaotic kind of, it was, um, the, the actual layout wasn't very good. And, um, they were kind of using like old systems for everything, but they were functional, but like they were prone <laughs> to mistakes, I guess. So, um, I dry hopped the wrong beer one time. That was pretty oh, bad. Shit. <laughs> uh, probably like 180 or 200 barrels of beer. Um, so even a modest dry hop rate is, you know, 160 pounds of hops or something. <laughs> beer that wasn't supposed to get hops. So uh, that was, I think it was probably my worst mistake. Um, um, worst you've seen? Oh God, worst I've seen. So um, I worked on a, uh, it was a four vessel brew house. So uh, mash mixer, louder ton, kettle and whirlpool were all separate. Um, but the, uh, I'll try to keep it short. Basically the, the mash mixer could actually be used for several things. It could boil, it could be a wort receiver, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and so there was plumbing from the mash mixer to everything and vice versa. Um, uh, someone it was either just like groggy or hungover or whatever, but uh, shipped mash to the kettle instead of to the louder ton and didn't realize until it was pretty much all over there and the the kettle didn't really have a a normal drain um so there wasn't really a good way to get it out and (laughs) (laughs) like you know 60 barrels of mash uh stuck in the kettle uh and a lot of it too so um that was for sure the worst mistake i was down for a couple of days trying to clean up that mess so get the uh, buckets out yeah i, mean, that was, that I assume was, somebody had to just climb inside that right uh no because you i mean that would be such a hazard right I mean, it was like 175 degrees and it was insulated because it's mash and it's i mean you're talking you know the dry weight from the grain was probably like i don't know four thousand pounds or something oh. plus water, so, i mean it's like that's a huge hazard so basically we just had to like open up the bottom a little like three inch board on the bottom and just kind of keep rinsing it down i mean i, I think emptying it took like six hours or something it was jesus um so yeah that that was pretty bad <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah i don't i don't think like i don't know like i mean we've we've done some dumb stuff like um but nothing like i don't know yeah, you don't you don't have to tell on yourself too much. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I dry hop the wrong beer. That's not for the worst thing. So, so I got a question for both of you. Uh, what is the favorite beer that you guys brew at Outer Belt? But it, also, what is your favorite beer that you don't brew that you would get outside of Outer Belt? One of my favorites last year that I had is uh, the Schneepflug, which is the winter lager. It uh, means snowplow in German, and it's. Uh, I just liked it. It's got a lot of flavor, but it's not one of those overly spiced winter lagers. So uh, I just really enjoyed it the first time I had it and drank it as much as I could while we had it in stock there. Um, also, I'm just basing on last year. I mean, I traveled to so many beer events, and when I traveled in events, like I've tried gone to so many breweries, and it's hard to just pick one beer but i finally made the trip to the mecca of decora iowa and uh for the pulpit rock anniversary and my first time to toppling goliath and uh pulpit rock had this batter batter which was a pastry stout with walnuts and uh what else was in that brownies i think oh shit 
if you remember <laughs> if you remember the yeah, little debbie good. brownies like, yeah. like oh yeah back to your childhood and that's just one that i remembered and it was like almost like a perfect beer for me i think and you got a couple cans and we opened it up that night we had uh, airbnb and a bunch of us got together out by a campfire and good beers locally too i always go to barrel aged stout and good ipa i mean i like just trying everything i can so i think my favorite beer we make is probably sven so we have this ipa series that's all made with uh kibik or like <laughs> uh yeast right so uh, kind of like goofy stuff that ferments really fast and hot and makes interesting flavors. Um, and so we do, uh, they're all named after Norwegian Kings. So we have this little series of, uh, so we have like Olaf Eriksson. Uh, we're going to add some more later, but uh, so Sven's our milkshake version. So it's lactose vanilla. And then we've been adding different fruits to it, but even just the normal one, this, uh, we kind of, I don't know, um, didn't spend a whole lot of time developing it, but just kind of found a, a good hop and those weird esters and, uh, vanilla i think just worked really well on that so that's kind of fun uh we only make that occasionally too so it's something to look forward to for sure um and then favorite non our beer probably um um you know i'm i'm gonna keep it classy like allagash white we used to get in ohio we don't <laughs> even, um just like i don't know it's just such a uh like so classical american craft beer is still so good like i, I don't know it's just that's uh, such a brewer answer i know right? <laughs> but it's also a good answer it's the right it's a, answer. no it's yeah it's not a bad answer that beer is awesome but yeah yeah that's such a brewer answer to just go back to something <laughs> that was awesome from the 90s <laughs> i was thinking about saying this too about a pale ale. i don't know what's worse like uh... <laughs> what about you guys oh hell we got 186 episodes worth of that. Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I don't know. I'll just go back to last week. The the toppling Goliath Sosis was my <laughs> favorite brew <laughs> from last week. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, that Trace uh, Mosaic IPA that just came out. Trace is a brewery that just opened up in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they're new, new, new. And uh, they put out a mosaic IPA that is really great as well. But yeah, yeah. yeah I actually just had that last night, Steve. And uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's good beer. <laughs> Check plus. Check plus. Yeah. yeah, it's also clean drinking. I like it. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, that's one of the good problems that we have is here in Pittsburgh. There's still new breweries opening up, and we got to try to, you know, keep up in some way. Yeah, some way somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's the we're talking about the one of three things good about covid that's the other good thing about covid is we did switch to just like drinking a lot more local so yeah we've been able to feature a lot more beer from the local area but we haven't been able to necessarily get the breweries on so it's yeah one half of the other yes that's what i've I've. so I'll, i'll i'll one more question i wanted to ask was is there any style or any beer that you haven't brewed yet that you're really looking forward to or really want to try? Seltzer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and, uh, those, those like mixed culture IPAs, like, of you know, like Brett and Sac or, or like Sac or, or uh, like uh, wild, wild yeast IPAs that seem to be kind of the thing in the, in the Northeast. Like some of those are absolutely phenomenal and, and, um, we haven't really done a whole lot of that stuff. Like 
we've started some barrel cultures and that sort of thing, but we haven't done a whole lot with them yet. Um, and yeah, I, I, the, the combination of, um, like wild yeast and dry hopping, I think is really interesting. And, uh, new Belgium were kind of, uh, trailblazers in that from the early days. And I think, I think a lot of guys like, uh, Bill Farmstead definitely picked it up a bit and, um, you know, trying to figure out how to like pull that off, I think is uh, a huge achievement. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a mountain to climb for, um, and it's funny because it's mountain to climb for probably not very much beer sales, you know, but it's, um, uh, that, yeah, I, w- I would get kicked out of doing something like that for sure. Cool. So my last question is directed towards Jason. Actually, do you have any ideas for events or things you want to things you want to put on once you can have people back in groups? You know, yeah, what, what, that's what we're hoping soon. I mean, we're been talking about a lot of things. Uh, maybe possibly open up a, a membership program and doing a whatever we can, whenever we open that, hopefully by this summer sometime or whenever it seems reasonable that we can do that. Uh, so we really want to reward all of our regulars and hopefully draw more people in from the community and the area and continue to grow and just be there with the community. Um, that'd be one. I'd like to also team up with more of the local restaurants and maybe do like some pop-up chef or events like that or beer pairing dinners just there's a lot of things we can do and it's just really hard to plan right now not knowing when we can do it but i mean we're definitely talking about stuff and i just hope it happens sooner than later so uh yeah right on that's a, that does bring up something that i i was curious on and, I, and I, pardon my ignorance but uh it at your brewery do you have a kitchen or are you beer only with food trucks coming in we're the second right now. We are working on a kitchen. Um, okay. Not, it's not really operational right now. So, um, soon TM. We're going to use that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing I saw that was TM probably is uh, there was talk about you guys getting pinball machines in your space. Mm-hmm. But then I saw photos. I didn't see a lot of pinball machines. But mm-hmm. I- <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of mutual touching things isn't very uh, <laughs> yeah. kosher right now so um yeah we're looking at at, at stuff like pinball or or um, you know arcade machines or something like that for the future but yeah we we just have a brewery out here uh helicon and they're they f- their space is an old dog food factory and then they filled they filled all their extra space with pinball machines Gotcha. So okay. it's like it's pretty much everything you could think of. Cool. That's yeah. super. We've yeah. worked with the local uh, disc golf association, and we started a winter putting league indoors, but had to kind of put a halt on that. So we're hoping to get that started again. And they do a lot of tournaments, and we want to help support them and the community, and hopefully sponsor some things and get some discs made with for them and uh, do things like that too. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do, but. That's I mean, a fantastic idea yeah. with all that space that you guys have. Right. Yeah. We actually have batting cages back there right now. <laughs> <laughs> Disc golf, the safer, you know, younger brother of axe throwing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, let's come back to the gravel donuts. Uh, 
man, I really like this beer. I get right? it. I, under- I understand why it's a top seller. It's very fresh. Uh, at the top of the segment, uh, Dan, you mentioned you try not to produce anything that people couldn't drink more than a or you try to produce something people could drink more than a pint of yeah so yeah i could definitely drink more than a pint of this i could drink probably three or four <laughs> yeah and, and i'll reflect that as well especially this is this is the kind of the hazy ipa that i would suggest to other people as well especially those that are hazy heads you mm-hmm. know it, if they if they're you know thinking about it just go get it yeah it's it's bright it's flavorful it's fruity like i i can see how you would actually like this adam because it's fruity enough oh it's not it's not a burn on him he he, he, he hates the fucking piney shit so <laughs> yeah my, my my palate is much more on the uh the sour side of things and the stouts and things like that rather than going towards the uh like west coast ipas no thank you no, thank you. Yeah, I still live in 2007 where I wish I could get Pallet Wrecker. And <laughs> yeah, but yeah, good beer by you guys. And that means we're going to come back. Segment three, we're going to have a game, but we're also going to have a third beer. It's time but, for some uh, rocket fuel. Yeah, time for some rocket fuel. And uh, we're going to put Jason and Dan against each other while Adam and I get tuned up on rocket fuel. That's segment three. (laughs) Hey, everyone. My name is Drew, and I host a podcast called Dudes with Brews on a Porch, where we let the drinks flow and the conversations go. Each and every week, me and a friend of mine, we sit down, we try a different craft brew, usually from the state of Wisconsin, and we just sit down and have a conversation. We talk about all aspects of life. Once a month, we talk about paranormal stuff, and we always have a good time. You can find our show, Dudes with Brews on a Porch, on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you find your podcast. Grab a cold one and hang out with us each and every week right here on The Porch. Welcome back to episode 186 of the Hop Nation USA podcast. It's segment three. That means it's time for a game, but it's also time for a third beer. And so I will let Dan and Jason again introduce the third beer of the evening. Yeah. um, uh, So this is one of our new... Uh, limited edition barrel age release. Um, it's kind of part of our ongoing uh, barrel age series. So this one is um, uh, one of our Imperial Porter recipes that sat in um, bourbon barrels, but the bourbon barrels had uh, maple syrup in them at one point. Um, so they got beer after maple syrup. So there's certainly some uh, maple caramelization still going uh, uh, or still existing in the barrel. Um, and we added coffee and vanilla uh, on the backside. So, um, so that's this beer. Right on. Uh, what do you know what whiskey was in the barrels at a time? And yeah, they're Buffalo trace barrels. One was nice. Oh, that's right. You know, yeah, yeah, I took it back. So one was a heavy hill barrel. Okay. Another version were both Buffalo trace. And then this one was one Buffalo trace and one heaven hill that we blended together. Okay, nice. cool, cool, cool. And how long did these sit in the barrel? Um, about a year. Damn, okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> this one comes in at a, a nice and light 11%. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Welcome to Rocket Fuel Country. Hell yes. <laughs> and uh, admittedly, just like the lager I was drinking on this before the uh, before the segment started. And this is uh, this is thick with three C's. <laughs> yeah. So, so, 
you know, we, we were jumping back and forth, but the, this is a style Adam and I both can agree upon. Oh yes. And, uh, boy, oh boy, man, I'll tell you what, my favorite thing on this beer so far is the nose. There is so much coffee nose on this, which is going to be my next question is like, where did the coffee come from? Is it like a local roaster? that you can give a shout out uh, to or something yeah we're, we're kind of uh we're kind of jumping around with different uh local vendors right now so um yeah this was a, a peruvian uh single origin rose so we picked up and um just kind of we're still kind of dialing in how we add coffee and i think i think we've finally um getting coffee to kind of snap through beers like this is we learned is kind of difficult so i think we're finally on to something with what we're doing um so yeah i mean uh we definitely found uh kind of um we know what questions to ask from roasters now uh, it's, i mean it, it sounds dumb but it's just like i don't know you want to make a beer like this and it's like what what coffee do you get you know it's not Maxwell house but it's um but, you know that that's kind of a learning process so um yeah so uh yeah we're we're pretty happy with the direction we're taking coffee aging stuff thanks and i understand that this is not the only version of this beer as well Right. Yes. We did a kind of a side-by-side release with a, a similar, but different beer. That was uh, uh, a hazelnut chocolate vanilla, uh, but that one was not aged in uh, maple barrels. So that was just in straight bourbon barrels. Right on. The reason I know that is because I have one in my fridge and I'm uh, probably going to drink that right after this Don't <laughs> and then be useless at work tomorrow. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> I, I only had a couple of pints. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, don't brag adam don't <laughs> but uh yeah wow for 11 percent uh this is one of my favorite things when i can say i'm not getting any kind of heartburn at the moment mm-hmm. boy oh boy this is such a smooth easy drinker uh i'm gonna let it warm up a bit though yes Just, yeah. I, the one thing I, I i agree that it doesn't have that that sting to it but you can tell that there's a little bit of bourboniness to it. You get oh, the, yeah. the the flavor without the the flavor without the burn. I don't know what else to yeah, yeah. call it. Yeah, you can definitely still tell it's a big beer. It's mm-hmm. just you're yeah, it's not immediately attacking you in the chest. It's not a hate beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we we've had some beers in the past that were even only like eight percent, but like you immediately get that boozy reflux and it's like ah uh, but yeah, yeah, no, not on this one. Yeah. I would even consider this inviting. Oh yeah, this it is invites in, you back for more. This is inviting you to go to sleep. This is a great beer. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we it, can. It's interesting. Our uh, our one of our house seeds that we use to make our our high gravity stuff before we put it in the barrel is it's um, it's really boozy. Like when we pour samples and stuff after ferment, it's like. It smells like straight ethanol, you know. Um, <laughs> even you know, uh, like uh, Overo's the beer we make. That's kind of like the base blend. It gets vanilla and stuff, and that the barrel aged version doesn't get immediately. Um, uh, but like all the alcohol aroma, like seems to dissipate in the barrels pretty well, which is which is good. Um, you, you know, um, that's really the kind of those like you put beer in a barrel and you're like, please get better. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Uh, this one certainly did. So I'm pretty. Oh, absolutely. Pretty. Yeah, this is this is top of the list. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's an expensive. Uh, it's not even a mistake, right? It's just kind of like a. I don't know. 
trust fall maybe please get better and, uh, yeah yeah I, I tell you what though it, this one turned out great so yeah looking forward to that hazelnut as well yeah so but, if anybody that's listening if there's any still available go get some yeah <laughs> unfortunately yeah, yeah. i don't think you can get this one at the local columbus john eagle so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. It, I think it's time for a game, Steve. Yes, it's time for a game. As Adam and I blast off with this rocket fuel, we play a game very, very rarely. In fact, we've only played it two times, and it was with the same brewery. But we have ripped off the the TV show Chopped. If okay. anybody's, yeah, if you've watched that, uh, if yeah. not, I'll still explain it. Uh, we have our own version. We call it Brewed. And while we don't provide you with the ingredients to actually brew a beer for us, we provide you with scenarios in which we want you to give us a beer that you would brew for that scenario. And then we will judge you accordingly. Uh, you know, <laughs> Adam and I will obviously both have, you know, our own ideas of what should reflect that scenario. And you know, also like ingredients as well as styles that we're probably looking for. So, you know, it, Jason, you don't have to ha have any actual brewing experience. Just tell us what beer you would brew. And okay. yeah, we've, uh, we've played this in the past only with couch brewery out of Pittsburgh and both times Darren has won the game. So we're, we're going to find a new champion from outer belt. And then maybe one day we'll have Darren and <laughs> the winner of this one <laughs> compete, <laughs> but, uh, just kind of a, uh, an opening example in the news of the beer world there there was a winery that released a lager and they released a six-pack lager that cost ninety dollars yep. <laughs> for a mediocre ass beer <laughs> uh, as far as i can tell their wines as well are go for two grand if not more yeah. a bottle and i've also heard that wine is mediocre so and it's not even wwe wine i know <laughs> doesn't even have it doesn't even go in the dark with the undertaker on it hey no undertaker <laughs> no chris jericho no nothing he's gonna spend that much on it <laughs> but your scenario is what beer would you brew to sell in a six-pack for ninety dollars you can you can either try to justify the price or include some kind of FOMO, do whatever you have to, to make what you think is a $90 six pack. What about a, a truffle caviar Saison aged in Dom Perignon barrels? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's crazy that enough just to work. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is too easy. Uh, so, uh, one of the King Henry's, I don't know which one, I don't really care. Um, his favorite beer, I think it was the weirdest one. Was it eighth or something or seventh? I don't know. One had like it, the eighth is the one that gets all the press. Okay. Yeah. It's probably him. Um, uh, so, uh, his favorite kind of beer is a beer that doesn't exist anymore. A cocktail, um, where they literally, while they're boiling the wort, they actually cook a chicken in the wort and then they serve the chicken and have the beer later on its main descriptor is briny um, 
but for a, a food pairing, you know, with chicken and beer, it's an experienced beer. It's not, yeah. it's not a grocery yeah. store beer. Okay. Well, first, I would let you be the one to make that argument to the health board. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. See if that works. But I, I like that idea of a full dinner experience for that. Chicken stock ale. I don't love it. <laughs> uh, I think I'm actually going to side with Jason on this one. <laughs> Jason went fancy, and he also said Saison. Saison, I consider a snooty beer. <laughs> Truffle Saison, yeah. that's snooty yeah. as hell. And I, I understand justifying a $90 six pack. <laughs> Uh, no, I gotta, I gotta go with Dan because that's gonna oh, be a one-time yeah. experience. Because after you do it, you're gonna get shut down. <laughs> so make the money while you can. <laughs> yeah. All right then. Well, I guess we're gonna be tied one to one. I'll take it. <laughs> Adam, why don't you give him the next scenario? All right. The next scenario is, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but you need. To brew a beer for the subreddit Wall Street Bets <laughs> and the GameStop stock squeeze that is currently happening. How do you, how do you celebrate that subreddit and what they've done to the stock market? <laughs> That's a good question. Prices so be damned. Brewing a beer to celebrate the GME price explosion. Is that? Oh, yes. Well, I, I mean, I think I think you got to do something super bubbly and with glitter in it. So I'm thinking oh. like like um, um, like a dry hopped fruited Belgian wit with freaking gold edible glitter in it. So they can like shake the bottles up and fucking <laughs> spray it all around and shit. And like you know, because um, it's super bubbly, right? Um, not a real NASCAR crowd. finish line beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, but the glitter is super important. It needs to be like the upper threshold of what's allowed by the FDA. Uh, so now, <laughs> now I don't care about the FDA. The, the <laughs> it, but but uh, it's it's got to look like a bass boat. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, or um, yeah, it's shaped in a bottle of um, <clears throat> of a a rocket ship, probably since that's like the moon, right? Um, I like it. That's going to be a tough one to beat. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough question. I might just go, uh, just going to go with a regular, you know, Kool-Aid beer, maybe, you know, for all these uh, kids that talk their parents into buying their favorite <laughs> company stock for them. And, you know, I don't know what flavor, just go uh, Hawaiian punch, you know, <laughs> so, so they can go retire in Hawaii after they cash out all the stocks. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't forget there's capital gains. <laughs> <laughs> after they buy, yeah, after they buy their their mansion <laughs> <laughs> uh, And that joke right there proves that we're not all 22 because we understand the jokes about capital gains taxes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like being old. <laughs> uh for this one, I think I'm going to go with Dan. There you go. I, I, I like Dan's idea. It The the overabundance of glitter 
it, it has both a celebratory bend to it, but it also comes off as low rent, which I think is a lot of people who are putting their money into these uh, GameStop, uh, GameStop stocks at the moment. It's a lot of people looking for revenge against hedge fund managers, and they're taking their stimmy and throwing it into <laughs> you know, blowing up these hedge funds. So, yeah, I- I'm, I'm going to go with the uh, champagne glitter beer. Wasn't gold flake glitter? They can afford yeah. Gold Flake. They can yeah. afford it. Yeah. yeah, the Gold Flake Gold Schlager beer. Gold Schlager, my bad, my bad. Okay. Gold Schlager lager. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, with the Gold Schlager and the bass boat paint, I don't have a choice. I have to go with that one. Okay. I don't have a choice. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. So uh, currently we're sitting three to one, Dan against Jason. But uh, your your next <laughs> your next scenario, we're coming at the end of January, and within about two weeks, it's going to be time for Valentine's Day. And with Valentine's Day comes a lot of restaurants doing expensive pre-prepared menus for very expensive meals. I want you to pair a beer with a very expensive meal. It's already a pre-prepared thing. Somebody's going to spend $120 on a menu that's eh, so-so maybe. <laughs> yeah, But it's heart-shaped, so it's okay. Right, it's heart-shaped. <laughs> There's maybe rose petals on the plate. That, that justifies the $100, $120 a plate. <laughs> but it's served at home, so it's going to be on a paper plate. So, yeah, are people going to have to do takeout with that stuff? Yeah, I think uh, so. Maybe they get some candles. I, I got one. <laughs> no, okay. okay. Um, so I'm going to go with. We're picking the food plate too, right? Yeah, you can. Or, I mean, yeah, if you have that idea. So, I'm envisioning like a, a classic surface turf like filet and lobster tail, and uh, an icebox which is a super niche style, but like, I actually hate them. They're obnoxiously sweet. They're barely carbonated. Um, I love Doppelbach. I love, I love most box. Eisbox are obnoxious. They're just like over the top. They're like boozy, not balanced, blah, blah, blah. I think they're like the, um, like German beer style antithesis of like, we fucking give up. Here's your stupid imperial style, you know. <laughs> like, 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 fine, you want an expensive boozy beer? Here you go. And like, I, I just think uh, most of those places you're referring to are kind of like, fine, you stupid. Like, you could you could buy the surf and turf for cheaper if you just bought the freaking fillet and the freaking lobster tail. But here you go. Here's your prepared meal. <laughs> here's your stupid expensive beer. So, um, low effort beer on that one, but um, that's my answer. So almost dipping back into the $90 six pack, but it's, yeah, 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 it's yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it has, yeah. it has the fancy German name yeah. on it in a higher ABV. Cause yeah. usually icebox yeah, are like exactly, 10, exactly. Yeah, 10 and yeah. there's ones that are like 30% depending right. on how much they, yeah, they cold right. distill them or whatever. Right. On. right. Jason, the world. I'm going to go a little outside the box. You wouldn't really call this beer, I guess, but I don't know if you guys are meat fans. Uh, oh yes! Oh yes! Uh, 
maybe a strawberry mead to pair with the dessert, like the classic chocolate lava cake or something like that. Uh, mm. I'm going to go straight to dessert for that one and do something a little different than the beer and a strawberry mead. Okay. Damn it, Jason, I think you won me on that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's the smart play. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Jason on this one as well. Oh, I he kind he, he kind of hit the hit, you know hit the key buzzwords of like getting a strawberry flavor. You have to make the you have to make the Valentine's meal as uh, pedestrian as possible, which is by including strawberries or cherries or yeah. things that are red. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also it's mead, so it's also again high ABV, so it's still like wine. So right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm going with Jason on this one as well. So we're tied up. Damn. This is tight. <laughs> Getting nervous. Well, the next one should be easy or hard. Those are your options. <laughs> so your next scenario is the beer that you would brew in collaboration with Jack Hanna and the Columbus Zoo. Oh my. Uh, which is also an aquarium so i don't know you can pick a goza if you're really want to not trying, <laughs> I'm, not try, I'm not trying to feed any answers i'm just collusion know, I'm, collusion no 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 I'm, not, I'm just providing you know talking context points. Yeah. all right talking points during the dead air <laughs> i'm gonna go uh with a banana peanut butter stout so you got the monkeys and stuff with the banana and uh, whatever elephants with the peanuts and whatever other animals. Uh, I don't know what you, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just going to go with the classic peanut butter and uh, banana stuff. So I don't know if that's classic or not, that's classic. A, but that's, that's a classic. fine answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. At this point, pastry. 2021 with the way yeah, pastry yeah. stouts is, that's pretty classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm thinking like, like a big barley wine but made with ingredients from all like maybe not like all the different continents like the stupid dogfish head beer that use like uh arctic water or whatever but like um but like you know abnormal grains from like the plains of africa or whatever and like instead of using hops there's there's like all these um bittering teas that we don't really get in the u.s that are like in, uh, in, in Western China, and um, kind of more Central Asia. Um, and it probably wouldn't taste like beer because it's like all these abnormal ingredients, but um, would technically be beer because it's grain-based. But um, yeah, just kind of a, a transcontinental uh, abnormal alcoholic beverage, I guess. Kitschy for sure. So that's a tough one because I could go for either of those. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely be interested in either. I... I'm going to side with Dan on this one. I, you know, it, Jason had trouble naming that elephants love peanuts. <laughs> but I, I like Dan's intercontinental uh, you know, sourcing of taking you know, grains from Africa and bittering teas from Asia and bringing everything together. I'm sure, you know, you can get some hops from Australia or New Zealand. Yeah. But yes, I kind of, I kind of like that approach being that, you know, you bring in all these animals from acro- across the world. Now it's time to bring in all these ingredients from across the world for your beer. This is tough, but you know what? I think I'm going with Jason. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. Banana peanut butter porter. 
I, I don't care what, why you got there or how you got there. You got there. That just Sam sounds damn fine. Yeah. Right. Throw some, throw some marshmallow in there. Call it a fluffer nutter. Sell oh. it by the crate. <laughs> I've heard of that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that one, it, that one's free. That one's yeah. free. <laughs> Dan also did say barley wine, so that that immediately put it in that 10% mindset for me. So yeah, that's, that's how you compete with a stout. <laughs> well, that, I don't know that I want to be barley wine drunk at the zoo. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get in the cages. Right. <laughs> hey, Rhino, what do you fucking think you did? Uh, you're, not so you're not so big and bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, that puts us tied four to four. And I guess that's time to get us into our final destination, our final scenario. Assuming that we could colonize Jupiter's moon Europa on the outer belt of the solar system. No pun intended. I like that. What beer would you brew to welcome the people to their new outer uh, home? So they're they're getting off the they're getting off the shuttle. They're Elon Musk's space XX, you know, whatever it is <laughs> that brings people to Europa. What beer do they get upon arrival? I think I'm gonna go with uh, back to the Neapolitan for the old freeze dried space uh, meals in an IPA. That's a good. Damn, answer. that is a good answer. That's a really good answer. I'm gonna say a nice classic shitty American lager. <laughs> uh, and I say that for two reasons. One, everyone else that goes through craft beer has to learn how to love craft beer, right? I mean, so um, just because you're from a different planet, you got to go through the same growth curve the rest of us did, right? What the heck? Um, and it also, secondly, um, we can all call them nerds who haven't elevated to craft beer yet. So it's just like, you know, who's your special thing? They'll be like, Oh, that's cool. It's just like old Milwaukee or whatever bullshit. And we'll be like, ah, yeah, you fucking nerds. So then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Super high adjunct logger. Welcome to your new home. Shit, don't yeah. change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. I kind of like the hate behind that one a little bit. Yeah. I, yes. You know what? Sign me up. <laughs> Comes from my soul. You know? <laughs> So there, there's a little bit of venom behind that like you gotta earn this yeah yeah dan you got my vote on this one uh so the most correct answer would have been an icebox goza being that europa is both frozen and an ocean <laughs> <laughs> so that would have been the most correct answer oh so ah, uh, this comes down to me. Do I go with Dan and his hate for people thinking there's something special? <laughs> I re I man, Jason, I really, really like the idea. I really love uh Neapolitan freeze-dried ice cream, but I also love vitriol towards <laughs> people who think they're special even more. So Dan <laughs> You're you're welcoming people from another world with shitty American lager. Yeah, is yeah. the answer. <laughs> Congrats. 
Hate wins. I can see. <laughs> you ain't shit pilsner. <laughs> you ain't special. Get the work. We I need farms. We're not against So Dan is our new winner of Brood. Thank you. Thank you. Well, with that, we're going to come back to your coffee porter that was aged in heaven hills barrels also brewed with a little bit of vanilla and there's maple bourbon barrels yeah there's a lot going on in this beer and it's getting to me (laughs) (laughs) but it's a great beer i love it uh it has all the notes that i like when we talk these big beers it's balanced it doesn't give me that boozy reflux burn i smell the coffee which is really important but i also taste the coffee so it hits all the notes that I love. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll agree completely. It there There is a lot going on here, but there is no one thing that is overpowering everything else. You know, it's not overly boozy. There's not too much coffee. There's too not too much vanilla. It all works really well together. And at 11%, as smooth as it is, is impressive. So I, I am glad that... Uh, I have this beer in my life. Yeah. It's a damn fine beer. We are glad to. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, guys. I appreciate the compliments. For sure. And and that's not bluster. That's not just blowing smoke up your ass. This is yeah. this is legit a really good beer. Yeah, this is excellent. This is uh this outpaces like the due to sell that we had a long time ago. That barley wine. <laughs> that one was old trash and burny. <laughs> <laughs> just that one always comes to my mind when we drink good you know hot beers but uh this is the way it's supposed to be right but we get to do something now that we haven't done in 2021 we didn't do too much in 2020 we get to do the podium which is where we rank the beers we drank tonight bronze silver and gold because honestly in the past however many episodes we haven't been drinking the same beers but we all drank the same beers tonight and so with that I can easily say that bronze, silver, and gold just goes the order that I drank them tonight. Bronze for the glass town. <laughs> it's it's a very good, well-balanced beer. If you're into lagers, you will be into that. And I fully encourage people to go out and get it if you're looking for a replacement for macro because it's so much better than, you know, Bud Light. Bud Light is shit compared to that. <laughs> <laughs> but then Gravel Donuts is a, a great uh, just kind of standard bear as they were talking, you know, why it's their number one seller. It's got a lot of fruity flavor on it. It's big and bright, but it does have a little piney aftertaste to it that I also enjoy. It's more complex than the citra only soft baby kisses that are out there. Uh, gold though, definitely goes to this coffee vanilla porter in the maple bourbon barrels. Holy shit. What a good beer. <laughs> Can't be beat. I I completely agree on that, Steve. I guess it's time for me to go on the uh, on the podium as well, isn't it? And I'm different from you. Uh, I I'm gonna swap uh, bronze and silver. I'm gonna put the gravel donuts in the bronze medal position, simply because I prefer lagers over hazy IPAs. It's all personal preference. There's not a bad one in the bunch. They're all well crafted beers, and if you like one style over the other, that's probably what's gonna dictate where your where your rankings are. I prefer lagers over hazy IPAs. So 
The gravel donuts goes into bronze medal position. It is excellent for the style. Uh, the glass town. I mean, that's just a good ass lager. Would drink it again. Hopefully, I can drink it again. But this this barrel aged. Whoo, yeah, yeah. This is good times in a can, and that's that's far and away gold medal winner. Would for drink sure. again. Yeah, for sure. Which brings us to Jason and Dan. Now it's your time. You have to rank your favorite children. <laughs> um, I'm communist. They all get silver medals. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> Our medals. <laughs> uh, uh, I just think I'm probably going to uh, echo Steve. I think, um, you know, I worked for a guy for a while. I was like, we love all of our children equally, but that's not true. So I actually drink a lot of Glastown. Um, it's one of, you know, more of probably what I drink on a, uh, if I wouldn't be a day, it's probably it, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, intentionally lower in flavor. Um, if I have one beer a week sort of thing, it's going to be gravel donuts over, over Glastown. And then, yeah, I mean, this, the barrel age stuff we're doing right now, I'm, I'm really happy with, and, uh, it's really flavor intense. And this is probably the third one of these I've opened since, since we packaged it. And every time I open one, I think I enjoy it more than last. So, um, yeah. I'm actually following those two as well. Uh, just barrel-aged beers always have a special place. I can drink those year-round. I think there's always a mood and time and place, whatever style beer you want to drink. So that could change any day as well. Sure. But, uh, this Gravel Donuts is probably one of my favorite batches as well. It's, they're all really well done, and I enjoyed all of them as well. But it's real close, but I'd go the same as Steve as well. Right on, right on. Yeah, and there's not a bad one in the bunch. No, not at all. Not at all. So with that, uh, Dan, Jason, just take this time to plug uh, anything Outer Belt, where they can find you on social media, where they can find your beers, anything like that. Uh, Instagram is at Outer Belt underscore brewing. Um, Our website is www.outerbeltbrewing.com. And Facebook's www.facebook.com backslash Outerbelt Beer. If you like these barrel-aged beers, this uh, Valentine's Day weekend on Saturday, we're doing another version of it. Uh, we're doing a raspberry version, um, and we're going to do like a deconstructed flight, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So one chocolate, one raspberry, one combined, and just one of the the non-flavored version as well so uh and our one of our uh bartenders nikki is also uh, a baker uh as a hobby and she's gonna provide some of her cupcakes that you can pair with that flight as well so uh, that's awesome come out on february 13th on saturday and uh we should have some a food, at least one food truck there as well so there'll be some food, dessert, good beer, barrel-aged beer, and plus all of our other offerings that we usually have. So come out and say hi. We appreciate the support. Awesome. And our beer is uh, kind of distributed through the normal sources and kind of the central Ohio for right now. Um, <clears throat> hopefully adding Dayton soon, and then hopefully hopefully this time next year, if we chat with you guys again, we'll be across most of the state of Ohio. Great, great. Yeah. <laughs> and- Maybe I'll be able to pick up cans at Vintage Estates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do, I do try to make a trip to Pittsburgh. When the Pirates are playing, I'll meet my dad from Erie at least two or three games a year. Obviously, that didn't happen this past year. And 
I don't know what this year has ahead of us, but cheap tickets. Reach out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the same as every other year? <laughs> <laughs> or any other. I, have, I mean, I went to college here, so I still have a lot of friends and enjoy visiting the city. And like I said, hopefully we're they're coming for the Cheers Gins Fest if we're doing it in person. Hopefully we'll be invited and be there and able to meet everybody that's listening tonight and meet some new fans as well. Bring some good oh, yeah. beers, share some good beers and try. Uh, I mean, I love all the breweries there, Dancing Gnome, Hitchhiker. I mean, I always enjoy trying new stuff there as well. So, Right on, right on. And if you're looking to find us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA and that'll get you Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you're looking to listen to brand new episodes of Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher, like Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anything that starts with pod or ends in cast, we're on there. You can find us. Don't look too hard. But uh, if you're on any of those platforms, leave a five-star review because... We are a six You Ain't Special Pilsner show, but they only let us use five. (laughs) And that's a bigger crime than not being able to identify the animals at the Columbus Zoo. (laughs) I blame the barley wines. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yes, thanks again to Dan and Jason for coming on the podcast. Thanks for sharing your beer with us as well. And you shared some real good ones and we have some more in the bank that I'm sure we'll be posting about on social media, but yeah, yeah. Boy, oh boy. I, they're not going to make it to another show. Cause they're just going <laughs> to get drank. Yeah. They're just going to get in drank, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming on everything. And uh, we definitely look forward to seeing more from you guys in the future. Yes. And, and I would recommend to anybody listening, if you're able to get outer belt, get them. If you can't, find a liquor mule <laughs> hire them to go get some and bring it to you look columbus ain't that damn far <laughs> and if he's gonna drive all that way for stupid ass brew dog then you can stop a little bit in carroll ohio and get yourself some out of that's right <laughs> and make the trip worthwhile yeah, that's right. i know there's a fellow fueled by hops member from i believe wheeling west virginia that i've run into a few times there he comes and get some of our beer and then goes down to Hawking Hills and gets a cabin and stays down on that way. So we got some nice hiking, a bunch of nice restaurants to check out. So make sure you enjoy our whole community and support the area. Yeah, you, know, can, yeah. you can go cabrewing in uh, Hawking Hills. So yeah. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, guys. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. And uh, next week we'll have something new. I don't know if we're for sure doing the murder episode being that it's episode 187, but we'll think about it on a long enough timeline. All podcasts turn into murder podcasts. Yeah. Well, and it, we're I, starting to get to that point. I think, well, it, next episode's 187. That's dependent on whether or not we actually watched the night stalker documentary on Netflix. So. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll definitely have something new for you next week. So until then, goodbye. Cheers. 